What's up, everybody? This is the Booch, and this shout out goes to all of the members of the Booch Cast Nation. On behalf of the entire team and all of my affiliates, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you guys so much from the bottom of our hearts for your continued support of the Boochcast. Whether it's wrestling recaps, interviews, politics, variety shows, movie reviews, whatever episodes we come out with, you guys listen, you guys tune in, and you show your support. And it means the world to us. And we're going to commence with this latest episode in just a moment. But I want to take this opportunity right now to let you guys know something really huge that is going on in the world of the booch. I am now officially on Cameo. That's right. The Cameo. The same Cameo where celebrities go and give personal shout-out videos for all their fans. And I'm here to let you guys know that for the affordable price of just $25, you can get a personalized video from me on Cameo. And it can be for any occasion that you want. You got somebody you want me to wish a happy birthday? I'll make it happen. You want me to congratulate someone on graduating high school or college? I'll make it happen. Whether it's a happy holidays video, it can be a gender reveal, it can be somebody who needs some motivation, you want the boots to motivate you, or if you got somebody in your life that you want to break up with, I'll help make the breakup happen. Or if you got somebody in your life that you want to tell to fuck off and you want it done booch style. All you got to do is go to cameo.com slash booch365. There'll be a link in the description box of every episode of the Boochcast from now till the end of time. Go there, book your video, customize it however you want. Let me know how you want it done, and I will make it happen for you. So go to cameo.com slash booch365 right now and book your personalized video today for the affordable price of $25. And now, on with the show. So just how far down do you want to go? Well, we could talk it out over a cup of joe and you could look deep into my eyes like I was a supermodel.
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we have a new classic pay-per-view review. As I mentioned before, what makes this new is the fact that uh, this is a newly recorded one that I'm sitting here talking to you guys on. This is not a classic that I pulled from the SoundCloud days. This is one that I posted for um, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. But what also makes this new is the fact that this is the first official classic pay-per-view review where now it'll be by myself or with Zach or anybody that wants to join me now that Gator Ricky Ross has officially resigned from the Boochcast. Um, and I'm ju- I'm not going to go into detail about it. I'm just going to repeat it right now for those of you who might not have caught the NXT recap. But yes, Gator did resign from the show. He, s- he might come back for a few cameo appearances here and there. But as far as being a regular performer, he is no longer on the show. So with that said, we're going to jump right into this here. We got a classic pay-per-view review and how this works is I do this from the perspective of not just someone who's a fan of wrestling, but also from the perspective of somebody who works in the business. As you guys know, I have worked in the wrestling business for many, many years. I have been a commentator. I have been a ring announcer. I've done street team shit that I pray to God I never have to do again. I've popped the popcorn. I've chauffeured wrestlers to and from the building. I've been a manager in and out of the ring for Buff Bagwell. I pretty much have the industry covered. Plus, I've studied it for many years, so So when it comes to wrestling, I know my shit. And this week, the classic pay-per-view we're diving into is ECW, November to Remember, 1999. This was the seventh annual November to Remember pay-per-view. It took place on November 7th, 1999 from the Burt Flickinger Center in Buffalo, New York. It was the third to be broadcast on pay-per-view. And by that, I mean the third November to Remember, not the third pay-per-view overall. And there was a total of 3,000 fans in attendance. And the show opens up with Joey Styles and Cyrus the Virus, who we all know as Don Callis and AEW. They're standing in the ring, and Joey Styles welcomes everyone to the show, and he asks Cyrus why he is wearing a rubber glove. He says, We all know that Buffalo is the bacteria capital of the United States, and if I worked here every night, I'd live in Toronto and drive in. Ladies and gentlemen, rejoice. It's that time that only happens once every two months, and that's not when you take a bath, by the way. The man who's so good on the mic, he only works every eight weeks. Smart marks of the world rejoice. Cyrus is back on pay-per-view. Joey says, notwithstanding Cyrus's comments, one thing is for sure. Tonight will be a November to remember. Then Joel Gertner comes out and says, well, well, well. It is I, the quintessential stud muffin, Joel. I'm the one they want to pork when I'm in Buffalo, New York. And when I'm near Niagara Falls, the fountains come when they lick my balls. Gertner. And Joey, seeing as who I am, the host of ECW on TNN, our flagship television show seen in one million homes every Friday night, it just follows that I should be out here to carry you and host the 1999 November to Remember. Cyrus backs away and then Taz's music hits. 
and he comes out to the ring. Joel hides behind Joey. Taz says, voice messages, emails, messages on your home machine. Told your wife two times to return my call. I get to Buffalo. I get to the building at 3 p.m. And I say to the production guy, oh, where's Joey Styles? Oh, Taz, he's in the truck doing voiceovers. He don't have time to see ya. But Taz, I'll tell him you were looking for him. Hey, brother, where's the goddamn heat? Joey says, I don't know what you're talking about. I called you last night. I was waiting for you. I just, I called you. Taz says, you're a lying bastard. You never called me. You know why? You try to punk me out. You see, two weeks ago on TNN, Joey Styles, you implied, you implied that I choked out RVD from behind. You implied that I Pearl Harbored him. You implied that I did a cowardly act, didn't you, Joey? Joey says, you did choke him out from behind. You did. Taz says, yeah, I did. Okay, genius. Okay, Mr. Goddamn Microphone. How do I apply the Taz mission, Joey? How? Joey says, from behind, but you didn't have to lock it on him. I s- you mean he's fighting with Sabu? Taz says, I seize the opportunity. And you know what? If you don't like it, I don't give a shit. If the company didn't like it, I don't care. If Heyman didn't like it, I don't care. I do what I want, when I want, and how I want. So being that you try to punk me out, I guess that means you want to fight me, don't you, Joey? Joey says, no, I don't. As the crowd chants, fuck him up, Joey, fuck him up. Fuck him up, Joey, fuck him up. Taz says, 5,000 people want to see you kick my ass, Joey. Why don't you kick my ass? Every one of these ungrateful piece of shit son of a bitches want to see you kick my ass, so why don't you bring it? Joey says, sorry, I'm laughing. Taz says, oh, so you think I'm funny? Oh, so I'm a comedian? So I'm here to amuse you? Joey says, no, that's not what I meant. Taz says, what do you mean, Joe? Joey says, I'm sorry I offended you. Taz says, oh, so you offended me? So you think that you have the nuts that you can offend me? Joey says, I can't win in this situation. I'm sorry. Taz says, oh, so you think you can win against me? You're a disrespectful son of a bitch. That's what you are. Joey says, I meant no disrespect. Taz says, I'm going to tell you what, Joey. I'm going to give you three seconds to get your ass out of this ring or what are they gonna do when I splatter your goddamn brains all over this ring what are they gonna do fire me I can only be so lucky Joey says I don't need three seconds I'm gonna leave sorry so Joey leaves the ring. Taz looks at Joel and says, You think it's funny, fat shit? You think it's funny? You were sitting right next to him when he implied that I hooked Van Dam from behind. Why didn't you stop him, Gertner? That's right, because he's a bitch, like that guy said. Brother, get over here when I'm talking to you. I'm going to do the same favor for you I did for him. Three seconds. One. Joel says, I, I don't need three. I'll go right now. I have to go carry his ass. I'll leave right now. Joel turns to leave. Taz locks in the Taz mission and chokes him out. He then says, Rob Van Dam, in a little while, brother... You are going to find out why I was a world heavyweight champion, a TV champ, a world tag team champ, and an FTW champ, and you weren't. Because my name is Taz, the human suplex machine. Beat me if you can. Survive if I let you. Cyrus says, I just have one thing to say. Thank you, Taz. Taz says, no, Cyrus. Thank you. He shakes his hand and leaves the ring. I love this opener. This was awesome. Cyrus, great heel heat that he was getting. Joey Styles being the straight man that everybody played off of. Joel Gertner being Joel Gertner. You know, I can listen to him talk perverted all fucking day. Joel, to me, has always been a highlight for me in ECW. Like I said, I was not the biggest ECW fan in the world. You know, there's some matches I enjoy, but there's others that are just, like, god-awful. So Joel Gertner was a highlight for me, always. Taz coming out with the passionate promo. I love how he just kept turning everything around on him, like, 
Oh, so you think I'm funny? I didn't mean to offend you. Oh, so you think you can actually offend me? You can get me emotional? I can't win in this situation. Oh, so you think you can beat me? Like, I love that shit. Are we sure Taz isn't a woman? Because the way he made that sound, that sounds like something like a woman would do. Just flip your words completely and go after you. By the way, I'm not saying Taz is a woman. Do not tell him I said that. I want to live. Um, But I loved everything else about this. Taz was brilliant. Joey was brilliant. Cyrus was brilliant. Joel was brilliant. This was a good opening segment for the pay-per-view. It set the tone. It did what it needed to do. And it was beyond entertaining. And with that said, we're going to kick things off with our first official match of the evening. Uh, skipping the pre-show here. We got Spike Dudley one-on-one against Simon Diamond with Dick Hurts. So the crowd is chanting, you suck dick, you suck dick, you suck dick at Simon as he grabs the mic and says, Buffalo, Simon has a problem. You know it's a sad day when two clean-cut, all-American, good-looking guys can hang out and be friends without hearing derogatory comments from you Neanderthals. Simon says, Dick removes Simon's robe. Dick then proceeds to take off Simon's robe. He then goes to rub his back and Simon says, Simon didn't say to do that. Simon says, Dick wish Simon good luck. Dick says, go get him, Tiger, and then slaps him on the ass. Simon says, Simon didn't say to do that, but Simon will let Dick slide this time. He points at Dick and says, look at my dick. My dick is huge. My dick is vascular. Jazz comes out and grabs the mic and says, you know what, Simon? I am sick and tired of you having a problem in every town that you go to. So you know what? And she slaps him and then gives her the X factor. Dick picks her up and gives her the penile implant. Simon gets up and grabs the mic and says, Simon says you're dead by my giant killer. Spike Dudley's music hits and he comes out and the bell rings. Dick runs at him. Spike ducks the clothesline and hits Dick with the acid drop. Simon attacks him from behind and stomps him. He shoots him off. Spike ducks the clothesline and goes for the acid drop but Simon tosses him over his shoulder. Spike lands on his feet, ducks another clothesline, goes for one of his own. Simon ducks that and slams him face first into the top turnbuckle. Simon sends Spike to the outside and then brings him back in. Spike knocks him off the apron and hits a rolling shoulder block. Spike gets a wooden chair and leaps off the top rope and hits him in the back with the chair. Simon back body drops Spike onto the floor. Simon sends Spike into the guardrail and throws him back in the ring. Simon brings him back in the ring and hits two snap suplexes and then an inverted suplex for a two count. Simon blocks the boot and dots the eye. Spike headbutts him in the midsection and hits the acid drop for the win. Okay, obviously this match went by very fast. It was two minutes and 59 seconds and it was a fairly decent match. I didn't see a lot of stupid shit. I didn't see any fuckery. Both men did very well. I liked the promo in the beginning. Uh, Simon Diamond, the whole Simon Says thing, and, you know, Dick being borderline gay or blatantly gay or however the fucking gimmick goes. It's funny and it's entertaining. Jazz coming out, I don't think was necessary. I do like the fact, though, that when Jazz hit the X Factor on Simon Diamond, Dick gave her the penile implant, which was, I think was like a Michinuku driver or something. But I like that. You know, the girl hit the guy, but the guy hit the girl back. I like that. Equal opportunity. It's what I keep saying before. Both sides showing equality there by, you know, Jazz throwing the punch as well as taking it. I like this. No politically correct bullshit here. And a fairly good, decent opening match. 
And on that note, we're going to move on here to the next match of the evening. We've got Nova versus Little Guido with Sally Graziano. The FBI come out and attack Spike. Guido throws him off the turnbuckle and holds him down as Big Sal hits a splash. Nova comes out and goes for a dive off the top, but Guido gets out of the way. And Nova takes out Big Sal. Nova then attacks Guido with a sit-down spine buster. Nova does a clothesline, hits a flying forearm. Guido goes for a splash and misses, and Nova hits a giant X-Factor. Nova does a plancha onto Guido on the floor. Nova throws him back in the ring, but Sal attacks him from behind. Guido stomps on him and misses an elbow drop. Nova goes off top for an axe handle, but Guido hits a clothesline for a two count. Guido and Nova trade chops. Nova dusts the clothesline and kicks him in the gut and sends him into the corner. Guido gets the knee up and hits a Famouser off the top for a two count. Guido stomps him and then goes for a waist slap, but Nova reverses it. They trade reversals and Guido hits a spinning neck breaker for a two count. Guido goes up top, but Nova cuts him off and hits a Samoan drop off the top rope. Guido rolls over for the cover, but Nova kicks out. Great to see the guy taking the move. Capitalize on the pin. Thank you. Love that. Going for the win, which is important. Showing that you're trying to win a match and not just doing random stupid spots. Nova hits a smash mouth, but Sal pulls Nova off of him, which was a great way to protect the finish. You know, he's hitting his finisher, but instead of making him kick out, Sal simply pulls him off. Love that. Nova hits Sal with a tornado DDT. Believable way to take a big man off his feet. You know, the momentum, the shift, everything. I like this. Guido comes up from behind and hits the Maritano for the win, which is basically an unprettier. Guido then stomps on him, then holds the legs for Sal to do a vicious splash. Chris Chetty comes out and attacks Sal with sidekicks and even one off the top rope. Guido ran for the hills. Danny doing a roadkill come out and jump Chris. Danny hits the wham bam thank you ma'am which is basically a double arm DDT while roadkill hits a splash off the top rope. They injured Chris at anarchy rules which is why they came out here to do this and they explain that for storyline context for those of us who are watching this pay-per-view and may not know why these guys are coming out because I sure as hell didn't know why they were coming out because I don't recall seeing anarchy rules because I don't think we've reviewed that one yet but maybe someday I'll uh, throw it in the review in the future but overall great match again not a lot of stupid shit here this was well done another great match and that I did not expect to be a great match and it was four minutes and 20 seconds so again a relatively short match but that's okay it still did what it needed to do it fulfilled the job it needed to do and it was a fantastic match which is shocking usually you don't see this many great matches on each CW uh, card. But so far, first two matches, knocking it out of the park. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We have a triple threat match, or as they call it here, a three-way dance with Jerry Lynn versus Yoshihiro Tajiri with Steve Carino and Jack Victory versus Super Crazy. Steve Carino grabs the mic and says... Everyone here in Buffalo, New York, and everybody watching on pay-per-view knows that when there's a three-way dance, you have to have the god of the three-way dance in it. Everybody knows that Japanese wrestlers are the smartest wrestlers in the entire world. Push it. We have beaten Super Crazy so many times that it's going to be so easy. And Jerry Lynn, if you can waddle yourself to the ring and stop complaining of every broken fingernail and every bruised toe you have, you will see why my man, the Japanese buzzsaw, is the true king of the three-way. 
And obviously Steve Carino, great on the mic. Love that here. Not buying the Japanese smartest wrestlers thing because y'all know how I feel about Japanese wrestlers. You know, strong style, no sell, hit your finisher 20 times, kick out 19, bullshit. None of them speak a lick of goddamn English. Unwatchable. But I will say, when we get into this match, some some cool things happen here. So Crazy and Lynn lock up and Tajiri starts kicking them. Tajiri shoots him off, Crazy reverses, jumps onto the turnbuckle and turns around hits Jerry with a crossbody. Jerry launches Crazy into Tajiri who hits a drop kick. Tajiri is knocked out of the ring and Jerry and Crazy do some amazing chain wrestling. Like this is really fucking good shit. Tajiri gets back in the ring and locks Jerry in the tarantula but Crazy breaks it up. Crazy blocks a sunset flip, gets locked in the tarantula but Jerry breaks it up. Jerry shoots him off, Tajiri reverses, Jerry goes up and over and Tajiri hits a vicious super kick. Jerry goes up top but instead dives onto Crazy on the floor and the dive looked believable because you didn't know where he was going to go. That's why the dive looked believable because you had no idea where Tajiri was going to go. It was unexpected. Perfect. Tajiri hit a moonsault while they fight. Another believable spot. Two guys are fighting. They're not paying attention to Tajiri. He comes off with a moonsault. Again, that's how you do the high spots. You catch them off guard or you time it to where by the time they see you, it's too late to get the fuck out the way. So, so far, no stupidity. This is a new record for ECW. Tajiri and Crazy fight into the crowd as Jerry takes them both out with a flying clothesline off the guardrail. All three men are now fighting around the building. Crazy hits a moonsault off the balcony onto the guys. Drags Tajiri back to the ring. Crazy hits a drop toehold and locks in an inverted surfboard. Jerry comes back into the ring and hits a bulldog when Crazy releases the arms. Jerry goes for the Gordy Guerrero special, but Crazy fights out and Jerry hits the Tilt-A-Whirl backbreaker. Jerry drop kicks the knee of Jerry and it's a Hurricanrana on Crazy who hits a powerbomb on Jerry and a springboard moonsault and Tajiri breaks up the pin. Why? This is a fucking elimination match. They have established at this point in ECW that these three-way dances are elimination style matches. So this is not a one fall to a finish match. It's whoever gets pinned is eliminated and then the other two people fight until there's a winner. So if it's an elimination match, why break up the pin? It makes no fucking sense. That's what I hate. People who break up pins in elimination matches. Why? If he eliminates somebody, that's less people you got to deal with. And as long as you're not involved in the decision, you still have a chance to win. Now, I can understand if there's an elimination match and two people are in a faction and you break up the pin to keep the person in or they're a tag team and you break it up to keep your partner in the match. Okay, there's some logic there. But other than that, why the fuck would you do that? Crazy hits a powerbomb, but Jerry breaks up the pin. This would make sense if they were working together against Tajiri. But they're not. So again, why is there a fucking breakup? Tajiri hits a brain buster to eliminate Super Crazy. So now Super Crazy's out of the match. It's down to Tajiri and Jerry Lynn. Tajiri kicks Jerry and then sets him up in the tree of woe. And it's a baseball slide to the face. Tajiri goes for the handspring elbow, but Jerry catches him and goes for a German suplex. But Tajiri lands on his feet. Goes for a spin kick, but Jerry does and hits a German suplex for a two count. Jerry goes for a tombstone, but Tajiri reverses and hits a backbreaker. Goes for a moonsault and misses. Jerry hits a series of forearms, but Tajiri reverses and puts him on the turnbuckle. But Jerry responds with Tano DDT for a two count. Jerry hits a hurricane. Karana, but Tajiri bridges out and hits a vicious kick and a German suplex for a two count. Tajiri kicks him in the back, goes for a suplex, but Jerry lands on his feet. Goes for a pile driver, but couldn't lift him. Tajiri hit, hits a kick, but Jerry says, come on, motherfucker. Tajiri goes for another, but Jerry blocks it, hits a vicious right hand, and hits a pile driver for the win. Steve Carino attacks Jerry after the match. Jerry drop kicks Jack Victory off the apron and then hits Carino with a pile driver. 
Okay, so far overall, this was a good three-way dance. It moved fluently. Everybody was hitting their spots. Everything was believable. Even the fight out in the crowd was great because up until this point, nobody else had fought in the crowd. So this works. The only thing that sucked was the fact that they were breaking up pins in an elimination match. That's really the only negative I have to say. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm shocked. Usually with an ECW pay-per-view, I have a lot to bitch about. And if Gator was here, I'm sure there's a lot of this stuff he would bitch about. But to my shock and dismay, I don't have much to bitch about thus far. And this match was 10 minutes and 59 seconds. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We have a four-on-three handicap match. New Jack and the hardcore chair-swinging freaks versus Dabaldi's. Now, it starts off four on two with Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney, the chair-swinging freaks. And Axel and Balls get in the ring, and DeBaldi stomp on Balls, but Axel takes two out with a steel chair, and Balls bites a guy in the corner as Axel gets jumped in the corner. Now, I say a guy because even though DeBaldi's all have names, I can't tell who's who in this fucking match. I can't. There's some rare moments where I am able to tell because I hear Joey Styles mention some of their names, but it is hard hard for me to keep up with who the fuck all these people are which i guess makes them a little bit of a good faction because i can't tell who any of these guys fucking are the only one i recognize is big Vito. the rest of them i've never fucking heard of balls turns around eats a super kick and gets beat down until new jazz music plays and he drags a trash can full of weapons to the ring he throws the weapons into the ring and takes out the baldies with a crutch and then hits one guy with a keyboard he then picks up a golf club as angel begs for his life Jack takes him out with the club. He then gets the vacuum cleaner and vacuums the ring and then bashes Angel in the nuts with it. Balls is still getting beat down, but Jack is taking out Angel as he staples Angel's nuts with the staples gun. Jack and Axel take it to Angel with wooden chairs. Meanwhile, the Baldies hit a double suplex to Balls. One guy holds the legs while Skull hits a flying elbow. The other guy does a senton off the top rope. Jack and Axel set up a ladder near the bleachers. Jack sets up a table and Axel hits Angel with a chair. Jack climbs the ladder and gets on top of the ECW banner, and which is basically a basketball hoop. You can tell right away they're in a gym and dives off it to put Angel through the table. Jack and Axel head back to the ring. Jack bites the fat baldy and hits him with a Nintendo system, the original NES, the original old school Nintendo from the 80s, late 80s. Jack gets in the ring as Skull comes at him with a trash can and misses. Jack clubs Skull and then staples him in the forehead. Angel comes back and hits Jack in the back of the head with a guitar for the win. Now, if they were going to go over, why didn't Balls get pinned when he was being jumped? Makes no fucking sense. What was the point in having the Baldies go over in this match? You did all this shit just to have the bad guys win. Why not have them do it while it was four on two and jumping them? Why even have New Jack come out at all? You might as well have him beat up in the back. Like, the only logical explanation I can come up with is to entertain the crowd. That's pretty much it. So, I don't I don't like the fact that the Baldies went over in this match. I thought it was stupid. But the actual match itself worked. You know, it was hardcore. It was violent. It's ECW. It's what you expect. And New Jack doing innovative, cool shit is always fun. So I guess I can't complain that much because I do love watching New Jack. He's another highlight for me in ECW. But I don't like the fact that the Baldies went over. I thought that was a stupid choice. And this match was 8 minutes and 21 seconds. And on that note, we're going to move on here to the next match of the evening. 
We've got Chris Candido with Tammy Lynn Sitch versus Sabu with Bill Alfonso. Sabu dies for Chris's legs and misses. He eventually trips him up but misses an elbow. They lock up and Chris forces him into the corner for a clean break. Sabu knees him in the gut and they trade blows as Sabu throws him out of the ring and they trade blows as Chris sends him into the guardrail. Chris chops and punches him and throws him back in the ring. Chris punches him but Sabu sends him into the corner and goes for a springboard psyche and catches him for a back suplex. I love that he saw it coming and countered it. Most wrestlers today would just take a bump and make the match look fake. Instead, he saw it coming and fucking countered this shit. Love it already. Sabu backdrops Chris out of the ring. Sabu dives headfirst over the rope onto Chris. Sabu kicks him in the head and throws him back into the ring. Chris knees him in the gut and stomps on him. Chris hits a delayed suplex and then the New Jersey jam for a two count. They trade blows and Chris hits a Northern Lights suplex and then misses a diving headbutt. Sabu responds with a DDT for a two count. Alfonso brings in a chair which Sabu uses to help bounce off the ropes for a triple jump leg drop that results in a two count. Sabu and Alfonso set up a table between the ring apron and the guardrail. Chris dives onto Sabu from the top rope. Chris puts Sabu onto the table, and Chris goes up top, but Sabu crotches him and then climbs up and hits a hurricanrana for a two count, and the ref stopped counting too early. I noticed that there. The referee fucked up his own timing because clearly the shoulder had not gone up yet. So the ref counted too early, or stopped counting too early, and now made the match look stupid. Sabu locks in the camel clutch. Chris lifts him up and hits electric chair drop. Chris sets up the table in the ring. Chris hits a low blow and lays Sabu onto the table. Chris goes up top and goes to the jersey jam, but Sabu moves out of the way, and Chris goes through the table. Sabu locks in another camel clutch. Sabu throws the chair at him, sets it up, and jumps off it and hits him in Chris's chin, lands on the back of the chair. Sabu hits a baseball slide, sending him over the guardrail. Sabu sets up the chair, jumps onto the road, and dives onto Chris in the crowd. They fight on the outside. Didn't this happen earlier in the night? Why the fuck is the crowd shit happening again? This is another problem that ECW has and even modern wrestling has. When you prostitute fighting in the crowd. We don't need to see this. There's no reason for this to happen in this match. It's stupid. Sabu hits him with the chair and does a springboard splash for a two count. Bill slides the table into the ring. Chris chops him and goes to set up the table a different way until Sabu attacks him from behind. Chris regains control until Sabu clotheslines him onto the chair and then hits a leg drop off the top rope through the table and Chris kicks out. Chris hits a pile driver for a two count. Chris does a superplex right into a pin for a two count. Rare to see a wrestler hit a superplex and be able to go for a pin right away. That's very rare. So I like that Chris did that. Sabu sets Chris up on the table, goes up top, but Sonny tries to crotch him, but Bill grabs her and puts her on the table, but Chris takes out Bill and gets Tammy off the table, and Sabu hits a leg drop and puts Chris through the table, and he kicks out. That should have been the finish. That should have been the finish right there. This match did not need to go on any further. Sabu grabs a chair, hits the Arabian face buster, and lots in a camel crutch, and Chris taps out. Why did Chris need to tap out? Why? The leg drop through the table could have ended this match. And instead, you go for a submission. It was stupid. It should have ended right there. And this match was 17 minutes and 42 seconds. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Mike Awesome with Judge Jeff Jones defends the title against Masato Tanaka. Okay, before I even get into this match, I have something to say right here. Why the fuck is the world title match not the main event? 
What is so important about the bullshit six-man tag that I'm going to get to a little later that the world title match is not the main event? If you're supposed to be the world heavyweight champion, if your title is supposed to be prestigious, if your title is a title that everybody should want to fight for, and you got the top prize, why is that not the main event? It makes no fucking sense. That being said, Mike takes control early with a splash in the corner. Mike chops Tanaka in the corner, and Tanaka shoots him into the corner, and Mike does a back elbow off the top rope that looked sloppy and fake as fuck. That was one of the sloppiest back elbows I've ever fucking seen. Tanaka sends him out of the ring and hits a high crossbody to Mike on the floor. Tanaka sends him into the guardrail and then takes him out with a flying chair shot. Mike sends him into the guardrail and then throws him back in the ring. Mike shoots him off, Tanaka reverses, and Mike catches him in a bear hug. And it's an overhead belly-to-belly suplex and then hits a high dive onto Tanaka on the floor. Mike sends him over the guardrail. Cyrus says he should get him into the ring and go for the win, which is the most intelligent thing that was said on commentary all night. Someone who fucking gets it. You know, Cyrus the Virus might be an annoying heel, and Don Callis might be irritating in AEW, but at least on some level, he's smart to the business and knows his shit. Because somebody's finally fucking saying it. Mike hits a springboard clothesline to Tanaka in the crowd. Mike hits a chair and hits a vicious chair shot off the top rope, and Tanaka no-sells it. He goes to hit him again. He ducks, takes the chair, and clocks him in the head, and then throws it at him and hits the roaring elbow, thus sending the chair into his face for a two-count. Tanaka sets up one chair on Mike's face and comes off the top with the other chair and gets another two count. Tanaka hits the tornado DDT onto the chair and Mike kicks out again. Tanaka goes for another one, but Mike counters with a sit-out awesome bomb. Mike hits a clothesline and a spine buster. Mike is at a table with help from Judge Jones. Tanaka hits a belly-to-back suplex. Mike nails the sit-out awesome bomb off the apron and sends Tanaka to the table. Tanaka kicks out. What the fuck is going to end this match? Seriously, they are hitting move after move after move after move after move, and they're constantly kicking out. Again, I say this a million times. When you do shit like this, you got to keep topping it. You got to come up with a destructive finish and end it there. Otherwise, you got to do more devastating shit that you don't need to do. It's going to get somebody hurt or killed. Mike puts Tanaka on a table in the ring. Mike goes up top, but Tanaka gets up and cuts him off. Moves the table and goes for a superplex, but Mike stops it, and Tanaka fights out of a powerbomb attempt and manages to superplex Mike through the table for a two count. Tanaka hits a diamond dust, goes for a discus lariat, but Mike hits a German suplex, but Tanaka no-sells it until Mike puts him down and hits an awesome splash for a two count. Mike hits another sit-out awesome bomb off the top rope for the win. About fucking time. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the worst match I've seen on this pay-per-view. Obviously, we got two more to get to, but so far, this match, which is supposed to be the world title match, sucked out loud. This was god-fucking-awful. It went on way too long. It was 12 minutes and 26 seconds, and that's way too long. Of our lives, we can't get back, as Gator would say. It was stupid. Went on way too long. Nothing in the match was believable. And of course, surprise, surprise, the Japanese wrestler doesn't fucking sell. Why am I not surprised? See, y'all think I'm crazy when I go off on Japanese wrestling. Y'all don't understand. This is years of research is why I've arrived at the conclusion that Japanese wrestling is garbage wrestling. It's because of shit like this in ECW, WCW, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, AEW, New Japan itself. Like, this stupid shit happens all the time in Japanese wrestling. And it shits upon the business. Again, as Gator would say. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. 
for the ECW TV title, Rob Van Dam with Bill Alfonso defends the title against Taz. RBD and Taz do some chain wrestling to start things off. Taz gets a headlock after a judo takedown, but Rob makes it to the ropes. Taz goes to the corner, but Rob does a split-legged sunset flip for a two-count. They exchange blows in the center of the ring. Taz back body drops Rob to the outside. Taz throws him into the guardrail. Rob crotches him onto the guardrail. Bill sets up a chair, but Taz takes away and chokes him out until Rob dives on to break the hold. They get back in the ring, and Taz chop blocks Rob. Taz hits multiple cross faces and then a knee to the midsection and then hits a Taz plex. Taz gets a table. Seen this too many times tonight. They are they are really overdoing the tables. Every match has a fucking table. If this was modern wrestling, the crowd would be jizzing all over. They'd have no more cum left in their balls from all the we want tables. And there's like it's like 50 million every match. I've seen this too many times. You're overdoing it. It's stupid. Rob takes him out with a spinning drop kick. Rob hits Rolling Thunder for a two count. He then hits a corkscrew leg drop to the back of Taz's neck. Rob drops a chair and rolls to Taz, but Taz jumps out of the corner. It's a clothesline. Great spot, and I'm glad it didn't lead to something stupid. That was a wonderful spot. Looked believable, looked smart, something you would see in a fight. Taz dodges the Van Daminator after Alfonso tosses Taz the chair, and Taz then hits a Taz plex through the table for a two count. Alfonso slaps Taz. Taz picks up the chair, but Alfonso rolls out of the ring, and Taz turns into a Van Daminator for a two count. Believable spot and should have been the finish. To me, that should have been it. That should have ended the match right there. That was all you needed to do, especially if this rivalry is going to continue past this pay-per-view, which I can't remember whether or not it did because I think Taz might have left for WWE after that. In fact, yes, I do. Remember, Taz left after losing this match. He went to WWE and debuted at the 2000 Royal Rumble, although he did come back in April of that year to challenge Mike Awesome for the world title. So now I understand probably why they didn't do that finish. Taz goes for a super Taz. Plex, but Rob jumps off the turnbuckle and slams Taz headfirst on the turnbuckle and then hits a split-legged moonsault for a two-count. RVD then hits a spin kick and the five-star splash for the win. So RVD retains the title and like I said, aside from the table spot, everything else in this match was great. Just could have done without the tables. So... Overall, great match. Very well done. Again, only one shitty match thus far. I mean, there were a few matches that had some shitty moments, but overall the matches were good. So far, the world title match is the only match that is horrifically the shitty. But we still got one more match, so we'll see. And, of course, the TV title match was 14 minutes and 34 seconds. And on that note, we're going to move on now to the main event of the evening. Still don't know why this was the fucking main event. We have a six-man tag. Raven, Timey Dreamer, and the Sandman with Francine versus Rhino and the Impact Players with Jason and Don Marie. Rhino and Sandman start things off. They lock up and fight in the corner, but the ref breaks it up. Love to see some actual fucking wrestling on this show. I love to start off by that. Like, this is a wrestling show, and I'm actually seeing some fucking wrestling, as Gator used to say. So, that was beautiful right there. Tommy and Lance tag in, and Lance hits a vicious uppercut and a right hand. Tommy responds with a Russian leg sweep and goes to tag Raven, but he refuses to get in the ring. Justin gets tagged in, and Tommy hits him with a hangman's netbreaker. Tommy tags in Sandman, and Justin runs because he doesn't want to fight Sandman. Good heel tactic right there. Loved it. Rhino gets tagged in and throws Sandman with a hard Irish whip into the corner. Rhino throws Sandman into the ropes and Justin clocks him with a Singapore cane and finally tags in to beat down on Sandman. They trap him in the corner and beat him down while preventing him from tagging out. Lance tags Rhino back in and they do a triple power bomb, which they call the Grave Digger, off the top rope. 
Justin goes for a baseball slide, and Sandman moves out of the way, and he slides into the ring post. Lance goes for a frog splash and misses. Sandman gets the hot tag to Raven, who comes in like a house of fire and takes out everyone. Sends Lance out with a knee lift, and then goes for the even flow DDT, but Rhino hits the gore, and Tommy breaks up the pin. Lance hits Tommy with a super kick, and Sandman breaks up the pin. Who the fuck is the legal man here? Does it even matter in this match? Like, at this point, the match is so fucking disorganized, everybody's knocking out and pinning everybody, and you have no idea who the legal man is. So what was once a great match has now descended into disorganized fucking chaos. Raven hits the even flow on Justin, but Lance breaks up the pin. Rhino attacks Tommy on the outside until Tommy sends him into the ring post. Raven and Tommy set up a table and put Lance on it. Tommy goes to leap onto a chair to launch himself over the ropes, but Raven hits a drop toe hold to Tommy onto the chair and then goes for a plancha, but Lance moves out of the way and Raven goes to the table. Lance sets up Sandman for a gore, but Rhino hits Lance by accident. Sandman clocks him with the Singapore cane several times before he goes down. Don Marie jumps on Sandman's back. Francine low blows Lance Storm and the two valets start catfighting. Sandman pulls Dawn off and kisses her. She falls and Sandman and Raven go to help him but hits Sandman by accident. Lance trips him up and pulls him out of the ring. Justin hits the tombstone pile driver on Sandman for the win. Now, they say Raven turned on his team, but I saw him get pulled out of the ring. So what what the fuck did we miss? I didn't see Raven turn on anybody. I saw him get pulled out of the ring, so there was no betrayal. I don't know. Maybe somebody, maybe if y'all go and watch the pay-per-view and then please comment on here or DM us on our social media pages or email us at, you know, boochcast365 at gmail.com, you know, message me. Tell me what the fuck happened. Where was the betrayal? At what point in this match did Raven turn on the team? Because I didn't see it at all in this match. So, like I said, decent match, a lot of disorganization. A lot of disorganization. So I would say that's my biggest uh, negative critique of this match is that they, they don't keep things organized. And, you know, Jeff Jarrett once said, if you confuse them, you lose them. And I was definitely confused as fuck by the end of this match. And again, I didn't feel like it should have been the main event. So the only good thing about it being the main event is that by this point, you lost me. But the show's off the air and it's time for me to go move on with the rest of my life anyway. And this match was nine minutes and 19 seconds of our lodge we can't get back thank you gator for the little cameo appearance and that ladies and gentlemen will wrap up this review of ecw november to remember 1999 i uh thank you guys for tuning in and uh make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. we are on anchor spotify Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you check out the Mail Soap Opera Moment. See our predictions for WWE Survivor Series uh, that took place this past Saturday. Find out who was right and who was wrong, and be on the lookout for the recap of WWE Survivor Series coming soon to the Boochcast Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, as I mentioned before, we got the Dark Side series coming out soon. Uh, obviously, I'm going to be working on the uh, Dark Side of the Ring videos that I need to get done. I'm also going to start recording uh, Dark Side of the 2000s. Um, I already have a few episodes done on each of those uh, that I recorded with Zach. I have two Dark Side of the Ring episodes I need to record with Elvis, but I won't be able to do that for another month. And I also have two episodes of Dark Side of the 2000s that I'm going to be 
be doing with my good friend Derek Shapiro, who will be making a, an appearance on the Boochcast soon. Uh, we'll be doing an interview with him. So when that time comes, you can check that out as well. So all that coming soon to the Boochcast YouTube channel, except for the Derek Shapiro interview. That'll be here on the podcast. Uh, but be on the lookout for the Dark Side reviews coming soon. And I'm still doing research on Dark Side of Comedy uh, so I can start recording the rest of the episodes that I need to record, get them casted, and get them out to you guys very, very soon. So go to the YouTube channel now. Check out all the YouTube content and be on the lookout for more coming soon. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. It's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, January the 27th for the WWE Royal Rumble. That's right. We're now getting set for the road to WrestleMania. And it all kicks off with the Royal Rumble. Find out who's going to win each of the Royal Rumble matches and get a title shot in the main event of WrestleMania 40 for each night. Hopefully, it's the fucking main event. Although, as we've learned in history, not every Royal Rumble winner gets the main event, which, as I've mentioned before, is fucking bullshit. But it's still the Royal Rumble, so we'll still do a watch party for it. So make sure you join us on the 27th for WWE Royal Rumble. And, of course, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project in the works. And, of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than the Peacock anyway. And and we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99, $10 per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So say $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike the Elite, we actually care about our fans are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying through credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and please let be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed good old Zechariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. At ease. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.